0: This is Bloomberg Business Week with Carol Masser and Jason Kelly on Bloomberg Radio. All right. So Verizon kicking off the year in a big way, um, really saying, or many, I should say, saying it disrupted the cable industry, letting customers unbundle services. Jason, we talk about this all the time. The world is being turned upside down when it comes to content and distribution and bundling and unbundling. Verizon really at the center of it all.
1: Well, that's exactly right. And I think it's fair to say that it's a brave new world, to say the least. And it raises the question to Hans Vestberg. He is the chairman and CEO of Verizon Communications here with us in New York. The question becomes... What is Verizon's place in this world that is as disrupted as we've probably ever seen it in terms of content and distribution?
2: Yeah, that's a good question. I think that we have been thinking through this thoroughly the last one and a half year where we think we should fit in in the whole ecosystem. I think we came out with a very strong desire to have a network as a service. I mean, to be honest verizon is a network i mean we are a, a network of people or network of physical wireless network and wireline networks and, and, and that's really what we're building and we think in this era in the next sort of generational uh, technology transformation uh we're going to find a really good spot in the network of service and i think that coming back to what you talked about when it comes to what we're doing on FIOS, ultimately what i want to do i want to give optionality for our customers. I mean, we know all where this market is going and how we, our youngsters are consuming content today. We need to give them the optionality to actually pick and choose what they want. And that's what the mix and match on Fios is doing right now. And that's why I'm on the wireless side. I, I work with companies like Disney Plus, etc., to give that optionality. And I think we're in a new brave world where we as leaders just need to understand we need to see and listen to our customers daily.
0: Huh, is that unbund- unbundling, why now? Is it just that you're seeing the numbers of people, certainly younger generation, giving up linear t- TV and saying, I want Netflix, I want Apple TV, I want other things. Was it, uh, how much of it was about that?
2: It, it was, of course, consumer insights, but it's also a fairly complex thing to do technology-wise what we're doing right now, meaning giving our customers the right to actually start choosing. And, of course, the whole system is, is built on that. You take 500 channels and that's what you have. We, we, we want to give our customers these are the channels i 'm looking at, and I think that anyone in the industry is seeing the same. I mean you see all the big uh, broadcasters come with their streaming services, etc so i don 't think it's something different it's just that we decided this is our time, and remember, our strategy has been all the time that we are not going into content, others will own content, but we can partner with anyone. So in our case, this was a very obvious way to do it all right so let 's talk about this streaming
1: Mm -hmm. services if we can for a minute because you've created some partnerships, notably with some of those big names that you mentioned. How do you create those? How do you pick and choose? Because from the content side, they, while they're in the content business, all of them come at it slightly differently. Amazon's coming at it differently than Netflix, than Apple than Disney, than a network. So how do you choose, how do you create the right business That's model? The, the,
2: exactly, this is super important. In a in in network as a service as we have, of course we sat down and, uh, and thought about what do our customers want to have and what what uh, companies are resonating with our values and would really make something. Remember, we we have the best network. We have it, I would say, a fantastic brand and we have a distribution and nobody else has when it comes to customers. That's what we come to the table. So I think that we can partner with anyone. I mean, if you, if you look at the last 12 months I and mean, we made an exclusive with Apple Music. Right. We did an exclusive with Disney Plus and we did an exclusive with Amazon Web Services for our 5G mobile edge compute. And, of course, that's not a coincidence. I mean, it's not a coincidence that we end up in it. We want it. Then we have crafted business models where actually actually win-win for both of us. I mean, it's obvious that Disney Plus are gaining a lot of new subscribers. We are getting loyalty, and we give more to our customers. So it has to be a win-win. It's not like they are just on top of us. It has to be an exchange of financials in between us. I think that Disney+, Plus, Apple Music, and uh, and Amazon are all happy with the setups, and we are happy.
0: Well, so these top-tier customers, right, get free access, whether it's um, Apple Music or whether it's Disney. Um, What's the payoff for you? What are you seeing? And are, are there more partnerships coming?
2: I think, first of all, the model we have is uh, on, on the Disney Plus and, and, and Apple Music. You get it for free from the beginning, and then we turn them into to paying customers. And, of course, that model is that we have a lower cost in the beginning, and then we get right. something back when they get paid. Right. And we now know how many of our customers will be turning around because we have so good understanding of our customer base who wants it. So that's, that's how we do it. And of course, yes, it might be more, but I will do it exclusive. I will only do it with brands that I really believe that is sticking up to our values as well as for our customers.
0: Are you seeing the payoff yet, though? I mean, pay- Apple
2: Music, definitely, because that was a year ago since we right. launched. Disney Plus is, is still in the infancy, even though we're extremely happy with it. And, but you should talk about Disney about it because they are the ones speaking about it. But we from Verizon is also very happy. But,
0: but with, that, with the Apple, you're seeing folks that get this yeah. free service, they become a longer term yes. customer. So it's a, it makes sense. Yes. Okay.
2: Right, it so, makes a lot of sense.
1: So let's talk about that Amazon deal because yeah. on the back end, that enables a lot of things that are increasingly important on the distribution side and just on the technical side of the house you're a technical guy uh, at the end of the day thank you help us understand <laughs> uh well i mean the, the titles you have say, say it uh, all in and of its own right and i think it's notable and we could talk about this a yeah. little bit later that there is a technical guy at the at the yeah. top of this company but talk about the amazon deal we talk so much about the cloud and amazon web services what does that
2: enable you to do this is Extremely exciting. I mean, I spent or we spent almost one and a half year with Amazon to do this. So just to understand what we're doing with Amazon, we're bringing the cloud service out to the edge together with 5G in order to give super low latency, enormous throughput for applications being developed by developers. This cannot be done. This is the first time in the world where actually we have seen that partnership. Amazon couldn't have done it by themselves because they don't have wireless 5G. Verizon couldn't have done it by itself because we are not in cloud service. We don't have cloud software. The combination of us can create something that is so transformative that today, you basically, as a developer, you can click on our first 5G Edge site in Chicago and start developing an application for 5G with low latency, and enormous throughput. Of course, it's transformative. And of course, we're one site right now. Think of us, have hundreds of them, maybe thousands of them over time, where you have big data centers, maybe less than 10 in the country. We can then give 5G experiences of low latency. And low latency is basically you ping up to the internet and get the, the facts back. Uh, autonomous cars, uh, real-time AR, VR, uh, artificial uh, sort of intelligence, all of that can be at the edge. And we have just seen the start of it. So that's why we're so excited about this partnership and what we launched in uh, November, December, 3rd of December last year.
0: So edge computing, just for those who who don't know, and I didn't know until I kind of did a little bit of research, but it allows all those millions of connected devices to reach a data service much more quickly. That's why it's so important. It's also the potential for something like a $4 trillion market. Do you foresee this, Hans, being a significant part of your business going forward?
2: Uh, remember, when we outlined our 5G strategy, I said that this is the first time in the history where I actually have four different business cases on the same infrastructure which are built once. Right. First of all, the cost goes down with the new technology, which is important because data growth all the time. I can do 5G home. I can, instead of doing 5G to the home, I can do 5G to the home. That's a, just an amazing opportunity for us. Secondly, 5G mobility—you can go around with a 5G phone and all of that—and then 5G mobile edge compute. So suddenly, you have three, four business cases on the same infrastructure. Historically, on 3D and 4D, it was basically two at best. Right. So yes, we see a great opportunity with this, and this is the, just the first piece of a of an idea about 5G mobile edge compute. You're going to see much more from us coming the years to come, for sure.
1: So let's talk about 5G. We spend a huge amount of time talking about it, I feel like, Clients. every day. That's uh, good. It's everybody good. around the, the ecosystem. There is a sense that the move from 4G to 5G is much different than from 2G to 3G, and even 3G to 4G. How much of the promise has been delivered so far, and what's to come, and what's the timeline?
2: I think that we I remember when the design of, of 5G was done, um, the idea was, this is a wireless technology for industries and society. It was never thought, it was of course thought that the consumers would get the benefit, but from the beginning was, how can you take away all the cables in the world and have the same performance as you have with cables? Being much more agile, having new ways of doing it, that was the idea. So of course, a lot of the things when I think about 5G is that, 4G has basically two capabilities. Speed and throughput. The phone is better every time you get a new generation. In 5G it's eight currencies. You can battery optimization, low latency. I mean just one of the currencies that today I can connect 100,000 devices per square kilometer. Tomorrow I can do one million. And it's not, never going to be one million people on a square kilometer. So it's done for devices, talking to devices, optimizing flows for industries. So where do where are we? I mean, the plan was actually to, to come out 2020. We came out 2018. I think we're ahead of the game, but still, from a consumer market, we're just now starting to, to massively uh, come into it. And as we have said, this year, we're going to launch 25 d phones this year. So. Uh, But then we also need to realize this market is probably, and and, uh, I'm not sure it's true, but I think Apple's have the highest market share in this market. So it becomes important that Apple has a 5G phone because people are very, very, loyal to their operating system, apparently.
0: I'm not buying a new phone until it's 5G <laughs> no, Exactly,
2: enabled. and I think that many you t- think if you're an Apple user, right. uh, I think that Samsung has come out with fantastic 5G phones already, uh, but it's a little bit how it works between operating systems.
0: So wait, help me a little bit, be more a little specific about the rollout. So how many cities this year?
2: We haven't said that yet, but I promise you very soon we will tell you. I think that last year we said 30, we made 31, uh, we made 14 NFL stadiums and four other arenas. We think that our 5G is so different from others because the performance on our millimeter wave 5G is just extraordinary. Today I get 2 gigabit per second in my phone. If you have a 4G phone, which you probably have over there, you probably have 40 to 50 megabits per second on Verizon, which is the best network in the country and here we're getting two gig. You cannot even imagine how much faster that is. Right.
0: Do you need the more mid-band airwaves to expand in 5G? What to do you need?
2: The, today, I have all the assets I need to deploy a nationwide and a millimeter wave uh, network. Over time, of course, we always look into all the other spectrums we need in order to be more efficient. But there's
0: some auctions coming up?
2: Yeah, there have been some announcement about it. I think that C-band, we have said that that's an interesting spectrum because what is most important with that is it's a global spectrum. Other countries are using that spectrum. Ultimately, you want roaming to work, so you take your phone wherever you are, and the 5G service will work. Right. That is a spectrum that is going to be fairly global, the C-Band. So that's why it's fairly in- interesting uh, to be part of it. We have many international customers who have international business. Right. Uh, our customers want to have their phone on the go. You said at the top of the
1: conversation, Hans, that you're in the network business and described that very well. You still do have some media properties, though. Yes. Yahoo, uh, HuffPost, AOL. What's the strategy there? Does that grow? Does it expand organic acquisition? What happens there?
2: It's a good question. I think that uh, as uh, as I came in and a new team came in, we started looking at it. The first decision we made, that everyone works here, works for Verizon. And we need to find are commonalities. The first commonality we decided we have one brand value, that's trust and innovation. Doesn't matter if my engineers is is digging the streets with fiber in here in New York City or they work for Huffington Post. Trust and innovation is what my customers need to get from us. So that was a very important decision for us because that also catered what we should do with Verizon Media Group. Today we have all our over-the-top solutions, you know, finance, sport, entertainment, etc. Uh, actually making a lot of understanding for us where content come from. And secondly, for my enterprise customer with my advertising platform right now, I can go to a customer and say, that, hey, I'm not only can sell you connectivity in 5G, I also have the advertising platform. So suddenly I have synergies from my sales point of view. I have technology synergies because many of the Verizon Media Group's engineers is working with 5G today. So suddenly I feel that this is really fitting into a strategy that I have. But uh, we're happy with assets. Up to the third quarter, they had done a fantastic job, from coming from double-digit decline to very, very small decline. So they are doing a good job.
0: You've been very consistent, though, about kind of swearing off some of those big deals. Yeah. <laughs> yes, I have. Is that still the plate? Especially, is that still the, the position that you're holding? Especially as debt levels have come down, because at one point you were pretty interested in, I think, one of the big TV companies, whether it was Charter or something else. It was
2: probably true before me, then. <laughs> uh, or the company, yeah. Yeah, no, I think that I, uh, I and my team think that we have so much growth to be done in this technology change for 5G. We want to be focused on that. We think we can create value for our shareholders, employees, customers, society on the focus we have on the network. So. I have actually explicitly said that linear content companies, I'm not interested in that, because there was so much hang on our shares. Everybody was asking, are you gonna buy that three letter acronym on that three letter acronym? I said, no, we're not gonna buy that. And it's important for a company as well, when you formulate a new team, a new culture, and you go somewhere, it's very clear what you want to do or not. And that's why, no. All right, so let's do a little-
0: So what would you buy? No. Just, would, there are, is there anything out
2: there on the other no, I think front? that what we are looking into and, and we have we, we buy small companies, especially for the five year era, that can be part of our enterprise business and things like that. But we haven't bought anything large uh, lately and right now I'm more focused on the execution. I think that many of our competitors are thinking about a lot of other stuff. Yeah. Me and my team, we can come in every Monday morning and start thinking about how do we execute even better this right. week.
1: All right. So let's do a little rapid fire to uh, end up this interview a little bit about your management style and maybe how you view strategy going forward. Biggest existential threat to the company or the industry.
2: The existential threat to the industry is hard to say, and I I think the technology is going to be more and more important for each and every person on this planet. So um, I don't think it's an existential threat to the industry as such, but if we don't think about customer and seeing that we get the customer the optionality, that's an existential threat for any business, I would say.
0: What competitor do you most admire and why?
2: I respect all my competitors. I pick and choose for whatever I want to take from them, but the bonus, there's no one that I think that is that's one I want to be or something. Uh, but I respect them all.
0: Is there somebody outside your industry though that you really respect, and you think, man, they just they get their mission, they understand things, or their company
2: culture? I think that there are many companies that are, have done a great job, and I think that where where I align most with uh, in other industry companies is the companies that actually have done as we are doing, including the society in part of our strategy and understanding the responsibility you have as a leader and as a company for doing right uh, for employees, for society, for customers and shareholders. Those companies, I think, I have a lot of alignment with. And, and I do more business with those type of companies because we feel that we have a responsibility. If my counterpart feel the same, we can do business together as well as doing right.
1: Uh, what's the best advice you've ever given and who gave it? You've ever been given and who gave it to you?
2: To me? Oh, I get so many advice every day. <laughs> so, to select one of them? I think that somewhere in the beginning, I think that I got advice to, to really see that uh, I, I support and help people that are above me, below me, and on the side of me. I think that was important. I, I come from a competitive life, I was a sportsman, so basically I was extremely goal-oriented, so people moved around me. Uh, I, I learned quite quickly that I need to work with everyone. and. Mm-hmm. and to be a good team leader
0: you are a sportsman and you have certainly your background has been in sports a lot i mean you guys have as a company have expanded into that as well yes. so is that too a significant part of the mission going forward
2: yes i think that we think that uh, the technology and the 5g uh, has such an bearing on the new experience that i want to have in sport venues uh, we want to have the same experience in the sport venue that you have at home and actually you can give some even better in-stadium experience. You can only get that with 5G because the the unlimited spectrum I have, the uplink that I have, so thousand, hundred thousand people can send up the data at the same time. Virtual realities, pick their own cameras, can only happen in 5G. That's why we're into sports. That's why we're in the NFL, we're in the NBA. We are uh, together with the uh, baseball teams. We think that's important.
1: All right, so I think I may know the answer to this question, but Uh if you didn't have... So why are you asking? Well, if you didn't have this job, what job would you want? I have a feeling it might be something in sports. Sports. Absolutely. Yeah.
0: Like, what um, job? What job?
2: No, I would love just to be around sports, leading sport teams or a big movement in sports, and that's why I joined... Swedish Olympic Committee, I had one mission in life. I was going to get the Winter Olympics 2026 to Sweden. I had to quit a little bit earlier because I got another job, which was apparently a little bit more important. (laughs) Uh, But that would be what I do. And then, of course, working with the UN. I have spent half my life already from the Millennium Development Goal, with the Sustainable Development Goal. I'm in the UN Foundation's board to give back and see how technology can actually change the word in the next decade is so important to me. Inclusion for people, fairness, uh, everybody can get education, healthcare from technology, the climate change, all of that technology to help with.
0: Hand, you guys are obviously, last question, you're all about 5G, no doubt about it, and so is a lot of the world. When do we really see it invading our world, where everything is- I think
2: this year is gonna be an important year for that.
0: Okay. This year?
1: (laughs) (laughs) All right. Hans Vestberg, really appreciate you spending some time with us. Thank you. Thank you very much.